and welcome to Bury the Lead. I'm one of your co-hosts, Winnipeg Free Press columnist Jen Zaratti. And I'm your other co-host, Winnipeg Free Press multimedia producer Aaron Lamar. Welcome to the show. Second one of the year. Yes. Which is, it feels like it's been 2019 for a lot longer than 10 days to me. <laughs> I don't know why. I think it's maybe because we do all our like year-end recapping so early in, in December, December yeah. that it feels like it's been the new year for a lot longer. Yes. I don't know why that is. Um, newspapers. Newspapers. Um, talking about a whole bunch of things today. We're mm-hmm. going to talk about uh, millennial burnout and that super viral essay from BuzzFeed. We're going to talk about tidying up in the wake of Marie Kondo's Netflix series. And we're also going to be talking about uh, winter in Winnipeg because we are in the thick of it. And uh, there's lots of... Some might say a surprising amount to do. How was your week, Erin? Um, we are on baby watch in my family. My brother and his wife are not, not you, to be clear. No, not me. My brother <laughs> and his wife are expecting. If you listen to the live pod, you would know because exactly. was on the pod. Because he was there. But uh, my sister-in-law is now more than a week overdue. She was due... The very early days of January, and we're just waiting it out. Oh man, I'm playing so that, that game where it's like, hey, I I don't want to. I'm trying to text my brother every day, basically, and be like, hey, is there a baby here yet? Because I feel <laughs> like that's really annoying. So, and I'm sure there are people in his life that are probably already, already doing, doing that. that. Yeah. So I've made the conscious effort to only check in like once every three or four days. I've only I've only texted them like twice this week to see. That's extremely respectful. Of you, right. I'm yeah. trying very hard. Or in, like one time I had to text his wife about something else, and then I was just like, I hope you're feeling okay. Hint, hint. <laughs> like, are you in labor? Um, yeah. So we're just kind of waiting for the baby. Did you like have a family pool of when the birthday would be? Sort of. No one actually put in any money, but we all just kind of yelled out dates on Christmas day when we were together. (laughs) So Nick and I, our day was January 9th, 7th, because today's the 9th. Yes. Today's the 10th. Today's the 10th. Okay. It was the 7th because I thought, you know, about a week overdue, that could be reasonable. We're well, well past that. Oh man. Well, I hope, uh, your, your nephew makes an appearance soon. Me too. I just want to snug some so bad. Especially because like my sister-in-law, we were together on New Year's Eve and she let me like feel her belly and I could feel his little bum and his little leg. So excited. Uh, being an aunt is the best. I'm so excited. I highly enjoy it. Highly recommend recommend it. it. Yeah. (laughs) Being an aunt is awesome. Yeah. Um, I had a week that was just kind of filled with like new year's tune-up appointments so like for your body yeah so like (laughs) dentist orthodontist doctor Mm -hmm. and i had to get a cat scan all in one week so it's been extremely busy on the (laughs) body front um but i'd never had a cat scan before oh it's kind of fun if you like enclosed spaces it's if you're a claustrophobe do not the actual skin. No, I could see that. I'm fine either way. Is claustrophobe a word? <laughs> I don't know, but it is now. I went with it. I was like, okay. I, I accept that that's real. <laughs> oh boy. Uh, a claustrophobe. <laughs> I'm not a claustrophobe. I feel fine about spaces. <laughs> Claustrophobes. Um, but I have terrible veins. Oh, they, and they had to take blood from you or what? Yes. Well, they have to inject a, because it was a CT scan for my brain. So they had to inject the contrasting dye. Right. And so they need an IV to do that, obviously. And it took like 25 minutes to locate a vein that was good. So that was... So your nurse's nightmare is what you're yeah, saying. Yeah. They had to get like someone from urgent care to be like, 
But I have to give a shout out to the Victoria Hospital in Winnipeg because they did not do the exploratory poke around. Uh, they only stabbed me when they felt that they were going to a good chance hit a vein. So I really appreciated that. But what's weird about getting a CAT scan, if you get the dye, is they tell you, they're like, you'll feel some sensations, which include terrible metallic taste in your mouth. Great. Feeling warm all over. Okay, that one's not bad. Feeling like you peed your pants. That's not great. So my- I feel like the warm all over and peed your pants could be similar, <laughs> similar feelings. So my tech explained it like it's like a very intense heated seat coming on. <laughs> oh, okay. And she's like, and I promise you, you didn't pee. I That was the only- sensation that i had did I didn't you really the, feel like you peed yeah back. it was crazy and i kept commenting on it. i was like this is i'm like you were not kidding like this is what that feels That's like it's so like, weird I know. and it only happens while the dye is hitting your bloodstream and then weird. it goes away yeah the human body man i was very anxious about the metallic taste to my mouth because i'm like oh, i don't like this but i did not get that so yeah and then you're gonna find out if your brain's good <laughs> exactly cat scans they're weird also this week I had two new things that I tried. Yes. Because I do do a column called Gen Tries for yeah. the paper. I'm trying <laughs> not to love it. Do do. So on the same day as my CAT scan, I bought legal marijuana for the first time. Well, how about that? I know. So I don't, as we've talked about in the pod, like around legalization, like neither of us partake. Nope. We're kind of observing the fur from a distance because we're like, eh. Whatevs. Whatevs salad, yeah. as they would say on Taggart and Torrance. <laughs> but I was interested in the actual, what buying it is all about. Because right. Because that's, it's weird. It is weird to me still that you can go into a store that is like beautiful, that looks like the Apple store and buy a once formerly illegal substance with your debit card. Like that is, yeah, kind of blows my mind. Yeah. So that's what I did. So I have a column about that in today's paper. And it's online at winnipegfreepress.com. So there is an essay that is making the rounds. Yes. Which is impressive because it's very long. Very long. And yes. people are like, no one has attention spans anymore. But apparently they do if the subject is close to one's heart. Um, there's a writer named uh, Anne Helen Peterson who wrote a essay about millennial burnout for BuzzFeed. Mm-hmm. And it is everywhere. Like, I feel like everyone I've ever met has shared this essay. Yes. And uh, yeah, it is kind of one of the first things I've read that's really drilled down into why our generation experiences the things that they do the way they do, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Yes. So it was kind of focused on, it was kind of through her own lens and she's received criticism about that because she is a middle-class educated white woman, but she was kind of talking about kind of starting with task paralysis. So mm-hmm. like having kind of things that you have to do in your life that aren't super exciting that kind of pile up. There's not a ton of payoff, but you have to get them done. So it's like, and like generally they're, pretty easy and won't take very long if you just do them exactly but that's where the paralysis comes in exactly so things i get that all the time oh for sure things like you know email is a big one yes uh scheduling a dentist appointment yes taking dry cleaning i literally have a bag of dry cleaning that has been sitting in my office since 2017 (laughs) (laughs) like just deal with it you know like things like that her examples were like getting a license for her dog, like getting knives sharpened, like just like things that will make your life 
better in some yeah. respects, but are just like, oh, I can't be bothered. Right. And her thesis, which I agree with, it's not really a matter of like everyone's lazy and millennials don't know how to quote adult, adult or take care of themselves. Yeah. It's that this generation in particular is operating at such a like baseline level of burnout that yes. all that stuff is just it's more work on top of what already feels like a lot of work just to exist. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of socioeconomic factors, of course, like people who graduated from school after the 2008 recession, temporary employment, a lot of contract employment, not, you know, being able to own your own home, crushing student debt, (laughs) all those things where you're just every day feels like you're fighting to survive. And so when you kind of pile on having to like cook your own meals and do all the stuff that's kind of, you know, part of taking care of yourself, um, (coughs) it feels super overwhelming. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of people kind of in our cohort, recognize that in themselves which I think is why this was shared so much because it's like oh yeah that that sounds right to me I don't actually remember as I was saying to you earlier I don't remember the last time that I just relaxed like that I wasn't multitasking in some capacity whether that's you know watching tv and working on side projects or even getting up and washing the dishes in the commercial or throwing the load of laundry in, in the commercial or calling back my mom or you know, planning my grocery list or the lists that are going on in my head. Like there's never a time where my brain is only doing one thing ever. I hear that. It's so exhausting. It's for sure exhausting. And then what happens is that your time where you're quote resting, you're not really resting. No. And I think that is such a huge problem. And the essay touches on that because basically um, her argument, the writer's argument was that because we come from a generation that was like really focused on being the best. So high achieving in your classes, going to good schools, getting good jobs and not just good jobs, but jobs that were not only stable and had a pension plan, but were also meaningful and cool. Right. Um, All those things. It's created people who are really high achieving in their life, no matter what. So really, it is not that big of a deal if you let a chore slide for a few days or like dishes pile up occasionally or Mm -hmm. whatever. That's a human. But I think a lot of people feel like they, quote, can't do that because... I was just going to say, I... And we can talk about this when we talk about the tidying up. Mm -hmm. Like, those are the kinds of things that I can't let slide because it actually adds more anxiety. Me too. If I go into the kitchen and I see a pile of dishes, I'm like, you know what? I can just do this in five minutes and I'll feel so much better. But but you're burning the candle at both ends. Exactly. Yeah. And I think um, it's that's where a lot of people have the task paralysis. Mm -hmm. I don't because I know... It will feel worse if I don't do that. Yeah. But it's stuff that I feel like that I can let slide and then feel about later, feel yeah. bad about later. I will. Um, but another interesting piece that I also agree with, because um, I don't necessarily agree that burnout is particular to millennials only. I think it crosses no. generations. No. But I think it's. I think it just manifests itself in different ways for different generations. For sure. Yeah. Um, The piece that I do agree with, though, is that millennials get knocked all the time for being lazy. Oh, 100%. 100%. uh, Yeah, like all the time. Whereas she kind of argues that we've actually made it so that we've essentially automated and optimized our lives so that we're not, quote, wasting time cooking, time that we could spend working or side hustling or doing, you know, achieving Mm -hmm. these sort of bigger goals. Mm Mm-hmm. And I found that really interesting, not only because I think it's true, but also because 
it's amazing to me that feeding ourselves is no longer an important part of meeting a goal. Right. That's crazy to me a little bit. Yeah. Like that we've kind of lost touch with all these like fundamental things because we're like, oh, we can outsource it. Yeah. We don't have to do it for ourselves. I mean, you can even order groceries online and have them oh, yeah. delivered to you, your house. Or you can have meal kits delivered to exactly. you or skip the dishes or whatever. Yeah. Exactly. So I think um, what happens is, is you miss out on some fundamental self-care skills, such as preparing a meal for yourself and being mm-hmm. able to do that in a way that doesn't cause a bunch of stress. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, there wasn't really a big solution. In, well, there isn't one. Because there isn't one. But it was, <laughs> if you want to continue to feed yourself and have health care and a roof over your head. Exactly. Yeah. But it was weirdly um, relaxing to read it because it was like, okay, A, I'm not alone and B, it's not my fault. Well, yeah, there is solace in misery and company. Or, yeah. Yes. Is that the phrase? Yes. Yes. Um, I'm like, that sounds wrong to me, but it is correct. <laughs> maybe company. No, that's right. Yeah. Um. Yeah, because I think a lot of people also, too, especially if you're a high achieving person, you internalize things like, oh, I must not be productive enough or working hard enough or doing this enough or doing that enough. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's, it's Misery like, Loves Company. Misery Loves Company. Not that's misery right. Misery Company. I got it. It got there eventually. Burnout brain. Burnout brain. <laughs> um, but, you know, it's it's not that we're all like, quote, bad or lazy. No. It's that these are the host of things we're dealing with. So I thought it was interesting. And I think there's going to be a lot of talk about and it. follow-up pieces, I Absolutely. would imagine. Yeah. Yeah. I've already seen a couple where they're talking about how 2019 is sort of all about self-optimization. Yeah. Which is a good segue, I think, into talking about Marie Kondo. Yeah. Since that is a lot about optimization of your space. Right. So she, of course, is the Japanese organizational whiz. Wizard. <laughs> who she really is. Oh, my God. She had a book called The Life-Changing Magic of Tidying Up. He actually has, she has more than one book. There's yes. one called Spark Joy as well. Yes. That's like the master class one. Yeah, yeah. It's like once you get through the first one. Yeah. Once you learn how to fold your socks into a tiny square. Then exactly. You, <laughs> then, then, you can, then you can spark joy. Then you can graduate. Yeah. <laughs> um, she has been the subject of so many think pieces. Yeah. And like, not only are there a lot of Marie converts, there's also a lot of like people who are like. Naysayers. Yeah. Yeah. I can see that for sure. Um, so she has a Netflix show now. I haven't watched it yet, but it's on my list because I, as you know, I love cleaning and organization. So it's you. The sh- it's the show for you. <laughs> I am so excited for you to watch it. Yeah, I'm going to start this weekend if I have time. Um, I decided to write a column about it. So that's why I have watched half of it now. And uh, it is honestly the most like, and I'm not a big reality person, as we, you know, if you've heard the show, but it is the most like soothing anti-reality TV, reality TV show I've ever seen. She doesn't speak English, right? She doesn't have a translator? She's a translator and subtitles. Okay. She is a delightful, like just joyous presence. And what I appreciate about it is that it's not a makeover show. So there's no kind of, I was a little bit worried that they were going to be like, you need to invest in this like crazy, complicated Mm, organizational system and it's not like that. Like you have everything you need to get organized is kind of her thing. Mm-hmm. But I kind of realized through watching it. And so for people who aren't familiar, she, you basically sort up all your um, stuff into categories. So like right. clothes, books, papers, it's like miscellaneous mis- and sentimental. Yeah. And you literally put everything in a pile and then you go through each item one by one. And if it sparks joy, you keep it. And if it does not spark joy, donate it. Right. A lot of people have get hung up on the get rid of piece. 
it's actually not to me anyway from watching it it's not really about getting rid of stuff it's about focusing on what you're keeping right and how to take care of your stuff that you are keeping i like that she thanks items for their service before she makes you give them away (laughs) a lot of people make fun of that and think it's i think it's really sweet but i also think it fosters weirdly attached to of course inanimate objects all the time and i think a lot of people do and i think that's why we end up accumulating so much stuff and yet paradoxically we don't take care of the stuff that we've amassed necessarily terribly well so that's how you'll have like these are treasures to me but they're going to be in a pile on the floor so her whole thing is kind of just to figure out how to make your space work better for you but also how to take care of your stuff in a way that honors what it does for you and I actually really like that like even though it's a little bit anthropomorphic for me I do find that it teaches people how to appreciate their stuff. And I think what happens is that you have better habits going forward. Because, I would hope so. Because you don't want to necessarily reclutter your now decluttered space with a bunch of stuff you don't need. My dream is to have the time to go through every single item of anything that I own and like purge. That is my awesome. dream. I love it. I love it. If we ever move, man. Oh, oh yeah. That's a good time. Yeah. <laughs> we had a box labeled kitchen in our basement. That I literally donated sight unseen because I'm like, I've never opened this. Clearly, I do not care about what's in it. (laughs) Um, But it does feel really good. And like I, around New Year's time, because that's a time where I like to do it like a good putter. You know, you have a couple days off and you can kind of get organized for the year to come. Um, I cleaned all the, out all the drawers in my kitchen and reorganized them as well as my pantry. And Mm. I have to say, it has honestly like a good pantry shuffle is, is very satisfying. It really is life-changing. Good old pantry shuffle. (laughs) Pantry shuffle. Yeah. But, I mean, tidying up can be life-changing in that it makes your life easier. Yes. If you can find your stuff and work in your space Mm -hmm. and be in a space that makes you feel calm. Yes. Your life is better. I believe that. And it's not like it's all you have to have a house that looks a certain way or whatever. Right. And if you want to keep a lot of things, that's cool. You just, it's about finding a place for them to live. Mm-hmm. And that's the cutest thing about the show is like, no matter what someone's house looks like, like everyone gets the same overjoyed reaction. Like she's just like, oh my God, it's amazing. Like she's like, you did such a good she's job. so pumped for everybody. Aww. It's very nice. Like how old is she? Do you know? She is my age, I believe. I was going to say she's got to be like mid thirties. Yeah. 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 I think she might be a year older than me. Oh, okay. And her daughters make the an occasional appearance Aww. and they are so cute. They're toddlers. Oh my gosh. And they are already totally like, they like folding things. <laughs> of course they do. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I highly recommend it. I also like that it's not, there's no competition. Yeah. The stakes are super low. Yeah. Some couples are a bit stressful because they're bickering over dishes but like it really is a very soothing show mm. and I wrote a column about it and I think the reason why it's so soothing is because it's like just a little glimmer of optimism that you can change stuff you know like at a very basic level you can make your life better right and that's kind of a nice feeling it is you know especially in the depths of winter you yeah. know there's so much going on though i know that's one thing that makes life better i know although i don't really enjoy leaving my house when it's dark and cold but i'll make an exception for certain things we kind of and we talked about this last year because aaron and i went to raw almond which is we the did. pop-up restaurant on the river on the frozen river um which is super cool and, and something that's that, starting soon yes it's starting soon um it's in its seventh or eighth year already. yeah somewhere in and around that anyway super cool kind of becoming something Winnipeg is known for. Yeah, for sure. 
but I was kind of reflecting on it. I feel like 10 years ago, there was nothing to do in the winter in Winnipeg. Like there, it was like you, it was dead until festival de Voyager in yeah. February. Yeah. Yeah. Which is turning 50 this year. So that is obviously a long yeah. tradition. But there's like a, the six weeks between Christmas and festival dead. And even festival, I would argue was, was not like, nearly as trendy as it is now. Yeah. For it like was young like people. Yeah. It was like yeah. a thing you went to with your elementary school class. Yeah. Since that time in the last sort of, I would say decade or so, man has that changed well big fun is yes. now in its eighth year yep and they have made a huge impact in sort of now i'm calling it the winterville season the winterville the season. winter festival season yeah because really they have been them and festival have kind of been the the plot points for that totally and then now there's uh, i mean new music festivals always happen in the winter as well i also feel like new music festival though has become more i think it used to be more obscure than it is now yeah yeah it's a little bit more accessible now and i think for a bunch they, of different kinds of people absolutely and i think they're booking really interesting things where they i think do they have very cool stuff it's cool right and i think yeah. they're really um capitalizing on the fact that you it, these are once in a lifetime things that you'll see there yeah oh yeah for sure uh the warming huts competition is 10 years old this year as well yeah so those will start hitting nice like and i feel like the warming huts and raw almond were kind of the the turning of the corner of the forks becoming trendy and cool totally. again yeah and they've been doing a lot of work obviously in the last decade with the common and all the stuff inside the market and doing all their renovations and whatever but yeah the warming huts and, and realm and i think played a really big big part in that yeah it's like this total winter renaissance, renaissance. yeah where it's people cool. are actually like oh my god because really if you think about it we live in an exotic place for that reason and that's why like I don't know if I'd say exotic, but... Well, if you were to ask Australians, though, who've never seen snow... That's true. That's true. You know? Like, it is... Yeah. I I think we just don't think of ourselves that way because we live here and it's the day-to-day. It's, like, same people who live in, like, exotic tropical climates who are like, yeah, "Yeah, cool, it's a spider. Where we're all like, (laughs) oh, my God, how do you live here? Yeah. (laughs) Um, So I think we're recognizing that in ourselves more. Mm. And I know when we talked about this last year, we were kind of being like, okay, we should, like, try to do things to, like embrace winter a little bit more because mm-hmm. i'm same as you prefer indoor activities yeah um but i do even though i'm not like i'm outside cross-country skiing every day yeah no it has made me um get through the season a lot easier because mm-hmm. like it, this is a this is a struggle yeah struggle Two season quick for things me. to add yeah i went to the forks on saturday with my fiance nick and we were walking around and we're like, wow, this is really nice. We weren't skating, but there were tons of people. It was it was more full than I have ever seen it. Just on like a rando Saturday night. And they had put the new, I think it's new this year, the rink down by the stage, the big stage in the Winnipeg side. Oh, yeah. They were playing music from the speakers. Everyone was playing a pickup hockey game. And I was like, oh, this is warming the cockles of my cold, dead heart. I know. Yeah. I felt that way when we left Raw Almond last yeah. year. It was a Wednesday night. It was so cold. It was so cold. The forks was packed. And there was like three teenagers that were just like laying on the ice. Oh, and yeah. Like, I remember as that. if on cue, the weaker then sudden an empty room comes on. And I'm like, oh, such like a nice like, it's <laughs> <laughs> so beautiful. But like, it's true, though. Yeah. And it makes me happy to live in a place that does stuff like yeah. this, you know. And so. One other thing is semi related that I forgot to mention. How was your week? Mm. But there if you're indoor folk like us, there's a new entertainment, like a gaming place opening up called oh, Activate yeah. Games. It's owned and run by the people who did the real escape, like the first escape rooms in, in Winnipeg. And it's sort of like I went 
uh, earlier this week to kind of do a sneak peek of some of the stuff. And it's basically like a, a video game that you are in. Like, it's really hard oh my to God. explain. Yeah, there's all there's 11 different gaming rooms and you have this little bracelet and you boop yourself in. And you're like, boop, boop. <laughs> and you have to have a team of people like three or three to five people. And there's like a basketball game or there's a, a game where you're throwing all these things at targets. There's a rock climbing game and you have a certain amount of time to complete whatever task is asked of you. And it's like, I was sweating. Like some of them, you're like running around, jumping. Like it's really fun and really cool. That sounds really fun. So that's opening, I think, at the end of January. So it's just kind of one one more fun winter activity that people can check out. I also like things like that that are ways, like, kind of fun, different ways to be active that aren't necessarily yeah, like going to a workout. They're calling it an active gaming experience. Very cool. Lots of lasers, lots of lights, lots of, yeah. If you're into Definitely. games and stuff, you'll very much enjoy it. We're going to finish the show with reading, watching, listening again this week. Because there's lots of stuff, I yeah. feel like. I, oh, I've kind of been going on a Netflix tear because, again, I've stopped leaving my house. Yeah. So. It, now is the time. So we, um, my partner and I watched the series of unfortunate events. I don't know anyone else who watches it other than us. Yeah, I don't watch it. <laughs> but I read all the books when I was a teenager. And in, in actually elementary school, I think, is when they started coming out. Anyway, we watched the final season of that and it was good but the ending but it's not their fault but the ending was very disappointing but i remember the ending of the books being very disappointing okay so they were probably just being quite faithful to the book right because i remember after reading them for so long being really disappointed with how things ended oh no that's the worst so then nick who has not read the books and then finished and i was like so what did you think and he's like oh that was stupid (laughs) (laughs) so i mean but Neil Patrick Harris, I'm not a huge fan of him, but he is wonderful as sort of the main villain, Count Olaf. And there's so many celebrity cameos. That's fun. Yeah. So they just kind of pop up and in, in all over the place. Cool. And uh, what's the Joan Cusack was in the last few episodes and I love her so much. Oh, she is great. Yeah. Her and her very distinctive voice. Yeah. She was great. I love her. Um, I am doing all three things. We talked about Marie Kondo already. Yeah. Um, I am basically only listening to Lizzo's new single, Juice. Oh my gosh. Just on repeat. So good. Oh my God. I've added it to my gym playlist and it's it's amazing. Yeah. If you're still sleeping on Lizzo, wake up because she- What the hell are you doing with your life? (laughs) She released a bunch of- Well, I saw her last year open for Haim in Toronto. Yeah. Um- and she released a bunch of like certifiable bangers, like back to back, back oh my to back. Gosh. Yeah. And now she's already released what I think will be probably my favorite song of 2019. And it's the 10th. <laughs> I texted Nick right away. I'm like, we need to add this song to our wedding playlist because I will bust a move something fierce. Oh, and the video is so good. So good. It's Every- like very like 80s glow inspired. It's so good. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. She's amazing. Um, What are you working on? I am working on a big feature about house concerts. So I went and talked to five different people who host them in their homes um, and kind of talked to them about how they got into it and why they like it and why they think audiences like it. And so I'm doing that and that will be in the paper on Saturday, the 19th of January. Very cool. And then I'm starting my Winterville (laughs) coverage. I have a lot of things for Big Fun Fest in the works um and then i believe i'm actually interviewing dirks bentley next week before his show in winnipeg so 
Yeah. You know. Speaking of Winterville, there's also a weird number oh of God. concerts. In February, in February especially, there's like four or five at Bell MTS, which is yeah. way more than usual only because it's so hard to plan around both hockey teams and concerts. And this is not what you would call high touring season. No, not at all. But it's... um. Justin Timberlake's coming. Little Big Town is coming. There's one other country artist coming. Like a bunch of people. Artels are playing. Yeah. Bell like MTS. Just a ton. Just a ton. Yeah. So there'll be a lot of reviews coming in the next few weeks. Yes. Um, what am I working on? I don't I, even know. I have. We're going to do your gen tries. Yes. I have a few gen tries ideas, but one of them is called uh, cosmetic acupuncture. Oh, yeah. Which is i haven't done it yet but it's being built as a like natural so alternative curious. to botox i'm so curious to me know. too so it's like i hate needles so i would never do it but i will happily will see pictures of you doing it well thanks <laughs> <laughs> yes i am uh always willing to try and actually if there's anything that you're curious about that you would like me to try and report back on please email me or us yeah we do have the bury the lead email which is bury the lead at winnipegfreepress.com. Exactly. Ask us questions, say hi, whatever you want. We check it sometimes. Sometimes, yes. <laughs> um, you can also follow us on social media. I'm at Jen Zaradi on Instagram and Twitter. And I'm at Naya Rabble on Instagram and Twitter. And we'll see you next week. Bye.